good morning. It's good to see you guys today. And uh, if, you're, if you haven't been here in a little bit, we've been um, in the middle of a series called Enemies of the Heart. And uh, this is our fourth week. We've covered some topics, some very heavy topics like anger and guilt and, and things like that. Um, the, the theme verse for this, this series would come from Proverbs, Proverbs 4.23, which says, Above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. And in reality, as I've mentioned um, in previous weeks, we're really good at guarding our mouths. We're really good at guarding our behavior, but we're not so great at guarding our hearts. We're really good at, at uh, doing and saying the right thing at the right point in time, but we're not so good at watching what goes into this thing here. And I'm not talking about the, the, the heart that uh, as a muscle that beats and pumps blood throughout your body. I'm talking about the thing that uh, uh, that loves, that breaks and hurts when, you know, when you go through stuff, that weeps over the fact that your loved ones are hurting, you know. I'm talking about that thing inside of us that uh, is the source of our emotions. And, and we're called to guard this thing. And yet, in reality, m- most of us, we don't know how to do that. We, we don't know how to guard that, right? I mean, we go through life, there's some bumps and bruises, there's some hurts, uh, some heartbreaks along the way. And, and what happens as we go through life and we don't know how to guard our heart is those things impact us and they change, uh, they, they impact us to the degree that we, it changes how we, how we view ourselves, how we treat people, how we treat ourselves. It, it impacts us in so many ways. And Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, says that we need to learn how to guard this thing. And so we're in this series. Um, hopefully it's been helpful to some of you. Um, and, and we're moving forward. So in guilt, we feel guilt when we hurt other people. And God's answer to guilt is confession, like asking for forgiveness. Uh, we, we feel anger when we're hurt by other people. And God's answer to anger is forgiveness. We le- need to learn how to forgive. And, and today we're going to talk about um, an issue that's a little bit more challenging to address. It's called jealousy. Now, when you hear that word, immediately you're going to think, that's not my issue, right? Isn't it, isn't it like so typical that, that we, look at, we look at things on the surface? And that was my first response to that issue. And then I realized it's probably one of, my great, one of the things that I had to be set free from the most of all of these topics. I remember as a little kid growing up, I used to, I love the outdoors, always wanted to be outside. And, and so uh, as much was possible, I would drive this big wheel. Now, for some of you younger people, you may not know what a big wheel is, but they made these plastic three uh, tricycle three-wheeler things. And uh, they didn't have rubber tires. They had plastic tires, but mine was flat. <laughs> it had this it had this break in it and this big flat spot on the tire and so you would hear me coming down the road it was because I had a flat plastic tire and uh and you know it was it was like amazing I would spend hours riding this thing up and down the street and down down uh you know down hills and things like that um but I began to realize you know what there was some better stuff out there some stuff that I didn't have some stuff that I would have liked to have. The neighbor across the street, they had, they had all these motorized things. They had four-wheelers, snowmobiles, 
jet skis, and here I am with my flat tire big wheel. And the funny thing was, I was, I was jealous because, you know, first of all, I, I never had the opportunity. I was never invited over to, to enjoy a ride, you know. And uh, I was 17, 18 when I finally uh, put that big wheel to rest. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but, but I was jealous of my neighbors. And, you know, you know what happens in jealousy? And, and I'm going to get into this a little bit uh, a little bit as we go on, but what happens when we're jealous of, of, of someone or something is this, that we secretly wish that there's a failure or there's something that bad that happens. So, you know, I would celebrate when, when they couldn't ride their snowmobiles, you know, because they were broken down. Why? Because I was jealous that I wasn't able to enjoy them with them. You get what I'm saying? Jealousy is, is this, this hard issue, but we find that, that, it, that it's one of those things that lurks underneath um, a lot. It masks itself. It hides itself well. It lurks underneath and hides within the, uh, the crevices of our heart. And many times we don't even know it exists, uh, but it needs to be exposed because let me tell you something. It, it is very, it's a very, very dangerous disease of the heart. Very dangerous disease of the heart. So here's, here's what I would define jealousy as. It's to feel discontent because of what someone else has. To feel discontent because of what someone else has. And, and it's, really, it's really a lot harder to own up to than anger. I mean, anger is very outwardly focused. It's easy. You know, if you question whether you have anger or not, ask anyone in your life. They'll be like, boom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's an issue. But, but anger's, but anger, excuse me, but jealousy is, is a little bit different. And it's, it's different in the sense that we, we would be a lot more hesitant and reluctant to confess that we have a jealousy problem than we would an anger problem. Because honestly, jealousy, it seems so petty. It seems so childish. It seems so, you know, JV. It seems, it just seems uh, like I would never want to confess or admit that I uh, have a jealousy issue, but but let me tell you something. It went from the big wheel, the flat tire big wheel, to in my teen years, you know, um, I was jealous of the guy that got the girl I had a crush on, you know, and I was happy when they broke up, and, and it went. It didn't stop there. You see, jealousy it, it's a it's a disease of the heart. It didn't stop there. Into my adulthood, I was jealous of the people that had more than me. A better job, made more money, drove a nicer car, you know, things like that. It, it, it's one of those things that if we don't, if we don't, uh, if we don't recognize that we carry this thing in our, in our hearts, it could ruin us. It could ruin our relationships, even our closest relationships. Um, it could mess with our ability to to love people and minister to people. It's a big deal. So uh, I want to dig into this uh, a little bit. You see, it's easy to see jealousy in another person. It's harder to see it in ourselves. You know, when our kids are, are, are uh, jealous over the toys that a f- their friend has um, or they're fighting over something, it's easy to recognize there. It's easy to recognize that when there's a jealous boyfriend uh, that's trying to date your daughter. Right? 
It's easy to recognize that when there's jealousy in, these, in a relationship, there's drama, you know, this person, who's, who's calling you? Who's texting you? Who are you talking to? You know, it, it's just so blatantly obvious, and it's just, like, so ugly. Like, are you kidding me? That's so petty. Why, why are you acting like that, you know? But it's a lot more subtle when it's inside of us. So um, it's not something that we like to admit. Um, maybe when you were five years old, you know, you, you had an issue with, with uh, your friends. You know, they have the nicer Barbie doll set, right? <laughs> or your mom let you pierce your ears, right? Or no, no your mom let you, uh, wouldn't let you pierce your ears, but your friend had their ears pierced. Or, or maybe, uh, you know, as a guy, you know, that Hess truck. You wanted that one Hess truck, but you couldn't get it. And, you know, and it starts as, as a child when we're little, um, but, it, but it goes on. And as we find ourselves moving toward adulthood, our teen years and our adult years, it manifests itself in a certain number of ways. Like, number one, we just don't like certain people. We don't know why. We can't put a finger on it. We can't put a finger on why we don't like them. But, um, you know, as you begin to prod and poke and look at it a little bit deeper, you'll see that for some reason, um, you'll recognize that they're maybe just a little bit ahead of you in life. They may have something that you want. They may have somebody that you want. They may, have, may be a little bit more popular than you are or uh, have achieved more than you have. And, and, you know, you wouldn't say, I am jealous you would say something like, uh, I, don't, I just don't like that person. I'm not comfortable around them. Or we don't have the same kind of chemistry. We, we don't click. We're not, we're not, uh, we don't relate well to one another. And let me just tell you something. There's a high likelihood that the source of the problem is that ugly word called jealousy. There's a high likelihood that the source is jealousy. So, um... I said this before, but I'll say it again. It's a heart disease. And, and let me tell you something. When you get, what you, from, when you get that thing that you want, uh, uh, that you are jealous of from that person, it doesn't solve your jealous issue. See, the problem is it's, it's not the stuff that will take away the jealousy because, you know, you, you could want a nice car and you could be jealous that your neighbor has nicer stuff than you. Or it just, you know, you, you think and you look at yourself like, I am such a hard worker. But it seems like everything bad always happens to me. And, and they get all the breaks. You know? We could use that phrase like my wife said today. And, and shh, I was going to talk about those words. It's not fair. Because a lot of times that's what comes to mind. It's not fair. Like, I work just as hard as him. In fact, I work more hours. I'm a hard worker. I'm devoted. And look at, look at how blessed it seems like this guy doesn't even love Jesus. And this person seems so blessed in life. I mean, their kids are smart, good looking. They, they've got, it seems like everything is going good for them. And look at us, you know. We're just, they're ahead of us somehow. It's just not right. It's not fair. It's not fair. What, what do we do with these questions, with these feelings inside? You, you may admire your sister-in-law because she wears a size 
eight pants and you struggle and strive to get there. But let me tell you something, that won't satisfy your jealous itch because you'll get there. Then you'll recognize that people are skinnier than you and look better than you, you know, and are recognized more than you. You know, you, you might get, finally get that car, and you'll, then you'll begin to recognize, wow, there are nicer cars out there. Then you'll turn your eyes to the person, and you'll be jealous of them that has that car, that next car, that, that better job, you know, that better-looking wife. Forgive me for saying that, but sometimes we get jealous of things. That it's just so ridiculous, and yet it is a condition of the heart. I will tell you, no matter what you get in life, you will always have that issue of jealousy until you deal with it, until you let God come in and begin to root it out of your heart. Because there's always more. There's always something better. There's always, you know, a skinnier person, a better-looking person, a smarter person, someone who makes more money in life. And no matter how high in the chain of whatever you're jealous for, you get, there's always another step. There's always another rung. On that ladder, you never arrive at the platform where you can say, finally, in life, I'm happy, I'm satisfied. Jealousy doesn't go away by natural causes. It just doesn't. And so um, I want to talk about this today. I hope in some way I can connect with you. Um, one of the tests, let me just ask you this way. And this is actually, you know, this is hard to accept and admit but one of the tests that there may be some jealousy, uh, you know, squishing around. I just view, view, uh, view it as this ooze, this, this slimy stuff that, that gets in our heart. That it's like a poison. And, and one of the tests that can determine if there's any of that junk um, damaging our heart deep down inside of us is this. Do you celebrate? Do you rejoice? Do you get some sense of satisfaction does it bring a smile to your face when other people that you envy or are jealous of fail? I'll give you some scenarios. But here's the test. And we can detect jealousy when we get some satisfaction or pleasure when other people, bad things happen to them. Um, bad things happen to the stuff they have. I know it's evil. I, I hate the fact that I, uh, that I have these thoughts going through my mind and my heart. I, I tell, I'll tell you right now, I've, I've come a real, real, real long way. But there's something that I got to watch out for. There's something I got to watch out for. And I know what it looks like. It's ugly. And when these thoughts start to stir, I know how to respond. But, if, if we don't have the answer to this problem or this disease, our hearts are going to continue to wilt away. Our hearts are going to continue to be damaged and destroyed. And the people we're called to be will, no, will una, be unable to attain. We, we won't get there. Um, uh, and so, so in some pathetic way, uh, when I see or when I've seen people fail, this is not a present thing. This is sort of like, I've noticed that in my life, this is one of the bigger issues I've had to deal with. I've seen when people fail or struggle that I'm jealous of, I celebrate. You know? So I don't know, I don't know if that could relate to anyone. Maybe I'm the only one in this room. 
that, uh, that has this issue. But th so if I am, confession time. All right? Confession time. Confession time. Um, so, uh, and it's a hideous, it's a hideous side. Jealousy is a hideous side to the reality of, of humanity, I think. Um, but like, you know, the car. He wrecked that nice car. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's so sad. That beautiful, that was amazing car. Oh, she used to look so good on the beach last year. What happened? You know what I mean? And there's, there's this small twinge of satisfaction like, ah, they're not so far above me anymore. You know? They're not so, there's not so much separation. Oh, that stinks. They had to pull their kids out of private school. Oh, his business is not doing so good. You know, and whatever it could be, whatever it could be, this, this subtle celebration, this little party in your heart because other people fail. That, that's, isn't that ugly? Isn't that like wicked? Isn't that evil? But this thing has a way of just creeping in and it's subtle because you, typically you don't say the words. You, you don't express it. It's just this little thing deep down inside that, that happens, and you're like, hmm, I knew so. they had too many good things going on all at once. I knew something was going to happen, you know? And, and, and however you phrase it, however you coin it, it's really hard to describe jealousy, but the reality is that it is a problem that circumstances will not change because it's a condition of the heart. You could get all the good stuff and still be jealous because it's a condition of the heart. Now listen, I am thankful that we are not alone. It's not this generation that's a jealous generation. From the beginning of time, jealousy has ruled the hearts of man. And I want to just share a few, just a few examples of that. Cain, he was jealous of Abel because Abel brought a better sacrifice to the point where he killed his brother. Remember that story? Genesis. Uh, Esau was jealous of his brother Jacob because Jason, Jacob got the blessing from his father, even though it was through deceit. Jacob, Jacob's wife, Rachel, she was jealous of her, of her sister Leah because her sister Leah and Rachel were both married to this guy, Jacob. But Rachel was jealous because Leah was bearing him children. But on the flip side, Leah was jealous of Rachel because Rachel was loved by Jacob. Uh, jealousy is in the heart of man. It is, it is a condition of the heart. It, it doesn't stop there. J Jacob's sons were jealous of his, his uh, latest son at that time, Joseph, because he was favored by their father. Remember that? They threw him into a pit, sold him into slavery. It goes on and on and on through Scripture. Uh, I was just reading a story in Samuel yesterday. In Samuel, we read this amazing, uh, powerful story of King David, excuse me, of David, the little shepherd boy, uh, defeating Goliath, right? And then literally the next chapter, after this, this great victory over the Philistines, the next chapter, it says that as David and Saul, the king at that time, were entering back into Jerusalem. The young ladies began to sing this song. 
Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. And the Bible tells us at that point that Saul, from that point on, that Saul had a jealous eye toward David. And not only a jealous eye, literally the next verse, it says this, and an evil spirit came upon Saul. Uh, we are dealing with something that's way beyond this little petty, uh, little petty issue of jealousy. It, it is a big deal. And it's so subtle. The enemy has, has capitalized on it over and over and over again to rob people. To have victory in people's lives. Um, but let me just say something. It, it's, a bigger, it's a bigger issue than we think. Because uh, we are jealous of people because of what they have. And yet, you know, and what they have. They, they're, maybe they're better looking. Maybe they're more talented. Maybe they're more athletic. Maybe they have more money. Maybe they got the job that you wanted. We're, we're jealous uh, of what, what they have and we don't. What we don't have, what we haven't gotten. Um, so we think we have a problem with that person. But really, it's not a problem with that person. Our jealousy is not a problem with a person. Our jealousy is a problem with God. You see, guilt says this, I owe you. Anger says, you owe me. And you may struggle with what I'm about to say, but I believe it firmly. Jealousy says God owes me. And I'll explain why I think that way. It's not the, pro- the person's fault that they have more or they have something we want. It's God's fault. Why didn't he make me more talented? Why didn't he make me better looking? Why didn't he give me what I wanted? It's God's fault. It's not the person's fault. See, God could have done anything he wanted for you. He could have given you anything. And yet, where we're at, what we have, are, are the wicked parts of our heart, the, 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 un, the, the parts that we have yet to deal with, are saying, what I have is not enough. There's something better. There's something better out there. And what I've got, I, I've been shortchanged. You could have done a better job of taking care of me. You could have been a, done a better job of caring for me and loving me. And what I've got is not enough. And so really, it's not necessarily an issue with the person that we're jealous of. It's, it's, a, it's more of an issue with the God who could have taken care of our needs. We never look at it that way. And now we start to unmask this jealousy thing because in your heart, maybe your response or your thoughts right now are, I would never want to be upset with God. He's been so good to me. He's been so kind to me. He's blessed me so much. But I look at my sister over here and and she has this and this and I want this and God hasn't blessed me with that. So on one hand, we're, we're thankful to God. On the other hand, indirectly, we're saying to God, it's not enough. See what I'm saying? There's this dichotomy. There's this, there's this thing going on in our heart that, that uh, it, if our heart were a mind, it'd be really confused, right? It'd be really confused because, you know, we want to give thanks. We want to be grateful um, to God. So this jealousy thing, lodge, 
lodged in our heart can create some major problems. I want you to turn to the book of James. We're going to look at a couple passages in there, in the book of James. Um, And and before you go, actually, as you go there, I want to just, you might want to write this one down. Proverbs 27.4. We talked about anger last week. Proverbs 27.4 says this, just in comparison with jealousy, it just will show you the subtlety of jealousy. Anger is cruel and fury overwhelming. This is Proverbs 27.4. Anger is cruel and fury overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? Other translations will say something like this. But jealousy is the most dangerous of them all. Like I said, it's more, anger's more outward. Jealousy is like so subtle and hidden. And, and most of us would even say, if we're thinking on that topic, that's not a problem I have. It's not something that I'm worried about. It's not something that I carry. And yet I would venture to say that many of us do. Most of us probably do in some way, shape, or form. I see this even in pastors. You know, it's, jealousy is based in comparison, right? It's what I got versus what you got. Pastors, like, and this annoys me to no end. The question always comes when pastors are hanging out. How many, how many people attend your church? It's a comparison thing. I never talk. I hate that topic, you know? How many people are in your group? How many people are coming to your house, you know? In essence, it's saying, how popular are you? How good are you? How much, you know, how much power do you have, if you will? Uh, what is your offering like? You know, and it's just based in comparison. It's, it's, but I'm telling you what, the, the, the subtle root of it is wickedness. It's evil. It's, it's, it, it's used by the enemy to do uh, destructive things. And so we're, we are in um, James chapter 3 now. Turn to James 3. And actually, I'm going to have these, these words on the board, but you might, you might want to mark it and note the differences. I, I, I like the way the New Living Translation um, uses this, this passage or, or uh, breaks down this passage. And, and I'll just say, you know, normally we always use the NIV, New International Version. But there's times that just something is described a little bit better or clearer in another translation, so we'll use it, okay? Don't get offended. Don't get, don't get upset because you've got to go buy a new Bible or whatever. You know, you can if you want, but we're going to provide it on the screen too. But you might want to note the differences. The difference between the NIV and the New Living is this. The NIV, they do their best to do word-for-word translation. That means if there's one Greek word, they give you one English word. Uh, and then when they're not able to do it, they, they give you multiple words to describe one Greek word. The New Living Translation isn't worried about word-for-word translation. They'll just say, what is the meaning of this passage, and how can we translate it to convey the meaning of this passage? Okay? I just want to make it simple and understandable. So this is what New Living Translation says. It doesn't make it better than NIV, by the way. Just in this case, I like the way it was worded. James 3, verse 14. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. In essence, if there is something going on in your heart that you're beginning to discover as revealed by the Holy Spirit, it's better instead to lie, instead of lying and covering it up and and hiding it, 
It's better to expose it and let God do something about it. This is, this is, uh, this, is all, this all falls within the context of wisdom. Wisdom from the world and wisdom from God, okay? So I, I bet you would come to the conclusion this is not the wisdom from God, okay? If, there's bitter, if you are bitterly jealous and, and, the, and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy, and you just need to see this, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom, Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Ouch. Do you see it says, even in that first verse, bitterly jealous and selfish ambition in your heart? See, it's a condition of the heart. So uh, earthly, unspiritual, demonic, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. This is something we don't want in our hearts, bottom line. It's something that we don't want residing there, living there, festering there, uh, you know, uh, creating issues in our lives. We don't want it. In fact, let me go on to say this, because there is much jealousy in the church of Jesus Christ. There's people backbiting, talking about each other. This doesn't happen in Faith Chapel. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to help you understand if you ever visit another church that uh, there's, there's, there's jealousy. People envy what other people have, how other people look, how they're favored, what gifts God has given them. This is not good. Jesus spoke um, in the Gospels about uh, a king who went away. And before he did, he gave his servants talents. To one, he gave five talents. To another, he gave two talents. To another, one talent. In fact, he goes on to, the, Jesus goes on to say, according to their abilities. So the reality is that each and every one of us could have different abilities, different gifts, different talents. Now, could you imagine the, the, the one-talent guy going off on the five-talent guy because he's jealous? I cannot believe that king gave you Uh, He gave you five talents. I mean, how could he trust you? Secretly wishing that his investments would fail. Secretly wishing it wouldn't work out. Right? These people are evil in the Bible, aren't they? There's no room for jealousy in the church. There's no room for jealousy in our hearts. Let me say something. The people you work with, if there's jealousy in your heart towards someone... How can you love them the way Christ loved them? How can you serve them the way Christ uh, has called you to serve them? You see, what, what the enemy's doing is creating this division, this I don't like you, or I'm not comfortable around you, or, you know, it doesn't work for me. You can't, you can't love someone and serve someone when there's stuff going on in your heart. We need to let God begin to root this out and purify our heart, cause us to see people with compassion and love the way God would. And this is one of those blockages. And so James is saying, this stuff is not from God. It's earthly. It's unspiritual. It's demonic. Now, if you you look at the next chapter, he's sort of on the same topic. James 4, verses 1 through 3. He asks the question, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You see... In essence, he's saying our problems on the outside, 
the things that are going on on the outside, our inability to relate. I'm upset with her. I'm not talking to her. Oh, she hung the phone up on me. She, dis- she uh, unfriended me from Facebook. Uh, you know, these, these things that are manifesting on the outside, the people you talk to your friends about, you know, you hear, you hear what's, what the latest news is, you know, right? What is causing all of that? He asks the question, then he brilliantly just goes on to answer it. Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? There's this battle within us. And the stuff that's going on on the outside that, that people see, the behaviors that we sometimes do really good at controlling because we could smile at that same person that we've been just talking bad about. Oh, here she comes. Hi, how are you? Right? We can control our behavior, but there's evil stuff going on on the inside that, uh, that ultimately is the core uh, result of or the, the core um, reason why this stuff's happening on the outside of us, right? It's, it's, the, it's the reason, the thing that's going on in the inside is, is causing the mess in our lives on the outside. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? There's this internal struggle, and he goes on to say uh, that in verse 2, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. Akeem, uh, the word kill there is not a uh, literal kill, but it's more like uh, metaphorical, like you'll do whatever it takes to get what you want, right? Even cut people down, hurt people. Uh, so you want what you don't have. He goes on to say, you are jealous of what others have. But you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. This is, this is not good stuff. Uh, some of you are going to be free today. I believe it. God's, God's ready to do a work. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Now here's the thing. I believe that that, that statement right there, there may be stuff that you want in life that you've never really authentically went to God and says, God, you know, I don't understand this. I would, it would be totally amazing if, if this could happen in my life. It, you know, if you make it a point of conversation and relationship with God as opposed to a point of jealousy and division amongst people that either you're supposed to love because they're a part of the body of Christ or you're supposed to love because they are yet to become a part of the body of Christ. You don't have because you don't ask God. Like, there's, there's stuff missing in your life that there's a desire. There's, there's things going on that you don't have, and you've never even really talked to God about it. That's not to say that, you know, there's things I've asked God for that I've never got. Like, I would like a really, really nice sports car. Right? But look at this beautiful answer that God goes on to provide through James. It's amazing. It goes, it goes on to say in verse 3, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. In essence, there's times that maybe even in your conversation with God that you have a desire. And I'm not saying, you know, wish for a plane, you'll get a plane. Wish for a... What I'm saying is God, when you begin to communicate with God, God cares about what's going on in your heart. He, he cares about you. He cares about your desires because he cares about you. And there's times, honestly... James is not saying you just ask God and you'll get anything you want. There's times God will say no to you. And he'll say no to you because he loves you. 
What parent gives their kids everything they ever wanted? Wouldn't that be disastrous, potentially disastrous, either to that child or to the, child, the people that relate to that child, right? If I get a sports car, you know, that could be bad for me at this time. <laughs> but you hear what I'm saying. I'm just joking. It may, I may never get a sports car. But, the, but here's a good father loves his kids enough to say, you come to me. What is on your heart? Are you feeling jealous towards someone because of what they have? Let's talk about it. I, I care about you. I care about what's going on in your heart. You don't have to harbor jealousy towards someone who doesn't even know that you're jealous toward them. They're wondering, what is up with that person? They, they avoid me. They don't talk to me. They're short with me. They're rude. What, is there anything I've done? No, it's nothing. It's just something going on in that person's heart. It makes us ineffective in what we're really here to do. But God, there's this open door invitation that God's extending. And he's saying, come to me. Ask me. Talk to me. Present your your needs to me. I am really, he says in James 1, I think 17 or 18, every good and perfect gift comes down from our Father. Like he knows exactly what we need. Sometimes we, we think we know what we need, but he knows exactly what we need. He, his promise is that he'll take care of us. But I know that in that authentic, open, raw, transparent conversation that we have with God, he'll, he'll begin to communicate with us. And if there's a desire that's impure, like we ask with impure motives, it's saying here, because your motives are all wrong, God, God will have an open door to change our motive, and yet we'll be satisfied. It's amazing how God works. Have you ever gone to God and just, like, begin to ask questions or be real with him and, and be okay with the answer he's about to give you? Sometimes we go with those motives, and it's like, if he says anything but yes, then I'm going to be mad at him. I'm going to be upset. I'm going to pout. You know, th- that's not the wrong way to approach God. If we begin to approach God with this, this heart, like, you know what? You know what's best for me. This is happening in my heart. I understand it's not right. I mean, you're telling me jealousy is not a good thing. But God, uh, you know, here's a desire I've had all my life. And maybe he'll redirect it. Maybe he'll bless you uh, with that desire. Who knows? But we've got to go. The invitation is to go to God. Number one, how do we deal with this stuff in our heart? We need to take our desires to God. We need to let him deal with these desires. Right? We need to let him work in our heart. Sometimes it's all about the stuff and and the image and the things that we don't have. And and God's saying, I want intimacy with you. I want this, this real relationship with you. And our eyes are always fixed on things that either we don't have or we want to have someday and other people have. And he's saying, wait, I'm here. I am more than enough for you. I will take care of your, all your needs. I'm a real, real good God. I need to, need to wrap up, but I want to wrap up with a couple thoughts here. So how, how we deal with our desires is, is going to God, being real with God. How we overcome this problem of jealousy. And it's a habit that we need to establish. 
is to begin to celebrate. Celebrate the successes of others. You see, the enemy would have us uh, celebrate the failures of others. I'm talking about, you know, if that person you, you have this jealous feeling toward, you want to conquer jealousy in your heart? If that person you have that jealous feeling toward, it, because, you know, she's a lot slimmer than you and, and you're wondering why God made you wide and made her skinny and all that stuff, you know, celebrate. You look great in that. This is women to women now, please. You look great in that dress today. Celebrate, celebrate the things that you begin to establish that habit. You begin to establish, you know what, I am, I'm so happy that you got that promotion. That is amazing. You deserve it. You deserved it. You earned it. That car is amazing. I am so glad that you're able to, you know, you were able to, to purchase that. Begin to celebrate. To celebrate the things that would normally cause you to want to see people fail with that would stir up that jealousy in you, you reverse that thing. I'm telling you, it will break the power of jealousy over your heart. Celebrate. And, and you may ask the question, doesn't this, doesn't this, isn't that like, uh, this may not be a word, but inauthentic? Isn't that, doesn't, isn't that like not, not real or truthful? You are working to establish a habit. When I, when I see churches excel and succeed and, and, and pastors growing and their congregations booming, I'm like, that is amazing because this is a kingdom work, right? I'm like, you go, this is amazing. I, I, you got to learn to celebrate the things that you want to see in your life. I, I believe that God will turn it around and bless you in it. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray for you as a whole. But I believe that the Holy Spirit was speaking and, and moving your heart today. And if you could just take a moment, just close your eyes. And just between you and God, no, no, uh, no involvement with people moving around and, and all that stuff. But if you're in a place where you would say, you know what, Pastor Jim, I... I didn't realize it, but you know what? I would love for you to pray for me because I've recognized that there's stuff in my heart, jealousy in my heart. And I want, I want to ask you to pray specifically for me this morning. Would you just lift your hand up very quickly, all eyes closed? Thank you. I'll pray for you. Awesome. This is awesome. Praise God. Amen. I believe God's going to do a work today. Father, today, Lord, we just give you praise. Lord, I pray for everyone, God, that you would continue to move, Lord, continue to purify our hearts, God that we would uh, be people like David was, people after your own heart, God, people with pure hearts, Lord God. And Father, for those who said, you know what, I, I do acknowledge the fact that there's, there's, there's junk down there and I want, I want it out. Lord, I pray, Father God, for, first of all, for wisdom and strength, God, Lord God, and, and uh, perseverance, Lord, to say, you know what, I'm going after this thing. It's been exposed. It's no longer going to be in the darkness the light has been shined upon it, and I am going after freedom, Lord God. So, Father, Lord God, let that light shine, Father God, upon that, that stuff that likes to remain in the darkness, God. And for any feelings of jealousy that would arise in the future, God, let it be, uh, let it be called out for what it is, God. Let it be called out for what it is, Lord God, that we would be a people going after this thing, Lord, no longer allowing it to just live within us, Lord, and, and control us, Lord, and divide uh, our hearts, Lord God. 
Lord, we want to be pleasing to you, Lord God. And what you've done for us is enough. So we thank you, God. You're good, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today, and uh, if you're here today, and you've never authentically given your life to Jesus, if you're here today, and you say, you know what, I- I'm hearing this stuff about, I'm hearing, hey, listen, folks, we're talking about people's eternal souls. Can you just take one second? Thank you. There are people here today that have never given their lives to Jesus. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I, I, I know I'm apart from Jesus. I, this jealousy thing's great. I know I've got to deal with that too. But I know that my life is separated from Jesus. I understand that he's calling me. I sense that there's some, the Spirit's moving me, drawing me to him. If that's you today, just let me know. Just wave your hand quick. I'd love to pray for you personally. I'd love to uh, interact with you and talk to you. Uh, But this is like we are talking about uh, a relationship with Jesus. He desires to come in, take your sins away, and make you new. Is there anyone here today that would say, you know what, that's me. I want a relationship with Jesus in my heart. Very quickly. Amen. We'll pray for you. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Amen. Amen. I'll pray for you, sir. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you guys. We love you. Listen.